before the goodness starts flowing, I want to welcome you to the STR Sisterhood, real life stories from real life women in the short-term rental industry. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, ex-corporate girl who discovered how to replace her six-figure salary through short-term rentals and who now has the pleasure of helping others do the same. On this show, we talk to real women in the short-term rental space about their journeys and how they've managed to turn their STR dreams into reality. If you're an ambitious woman who's looking to build a successful short-term rental business, you are in the right place, sister. Welcome to another episode of the STR Sisterhood. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, and thank you so much for inviting me into your home today. Now, we are going to have a very informative, educational conversation about making our properties friendly for families who are traveling with children on the autism spectrum. Before we jump into that discussion, I want to share a quote that resonated with me, and it says, don't make excuses, make improvements. I love that. That comes from TV host and entrepreneur, Tyra Banks. All right. So today we are talking with Suzanne Hacker, a very special guest who is bringing much needed education to us. And I'm delighted to have the opportunity to share this interview with you. So let's go ahead and dive into my interview with Suzanne. So today we are here with Suzanne Hacker, and this is going to be such an amazing conversation. Suzanne, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Stacey, for having me on. I'm so excited. I am excited to talk with you as well. For those of us who may not be familiar with who Suzanne Hacker is, talk to us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Thank you. So I'm actually a former banker. I was a banker for 25 years. And then through acquisitions, that job went away. And I was so excited to be able to finally have the opportunity to start investing in real estate, because that can be difficult when you have an executive position, you know, and your priorities change. So that was 2018 was when I started to have that opportunity to do that and start doing the whole vacation rental thing. And then I sold properties and I moved to Florida because I didn't want to wait till I was too old to start doing that and um, started over again with the vacation rentals. But I had a moment of, I don't know, clarity or vision uh, last year when I was helping one of my friends launch a vacation rental as well. And their vacation rental that they were working to launch was also their second home, which they go to frequently. And she's a super close friend. And one of her children, actually two of her children are on the autism spectrum. One of them is nonverbal, though. She also, you know, has what's called apraxia speech, a lot of gastrointestinal issues. So these are all things that are very common in autistic children. And she, they had a moment one night that they were watching family movie and little Trinity or Ninny slipped out during that movie. And so there was just this whole dawning for me when I was starting to help her And it it dawned on me that a lot of our vacation rentals just aren't safe enough 
for children with autism when they have a propensity to escape or elope or wander as it's called, which just means that they slip out of the house. They can do this when they're home, go to the neighbors, you know, in my friend's case, her daughter went to the beach uh, at nine o'clock at night. Fortunately, her story ended well, but I had one of those like aha moments when some guests were staying and, you know, we all have those slush locks on our doors and a, a little guest I'm assuming started, you know, lock, unlock, lock, unlock. And it just smacked me in the face, you know, that a lot of our vacation rentals just aren't safe enough for these children who can do that. So that is my, you know, background and kind of what led me to that moment of clarity, if you will, in life and has helped me to kind of develop my whole mission in life, which is spectrum friendly vacations. Well, first of all, congratulations and kudos to you for carving a niche in the market that I think is so important and very candidly for folks like me who don't have anyone in my life that is on the spectrum, I wouldn't even know what to begin to think about, right? And so I think this is a really important conversation for many reasons, not only to just bring light and education and help others be exposed to the fact that this is indeed uh, a something that should be on our minds as we are building out our short-term rentals. Can you talk with us a little bit about families who do have children on the spectrum? What types of travel difficulties or what type of unique challenges do they come across? Sure. So, and thank you for asking that because I've actually been interviewing parents as well, in addition to, you know, my friends and neighbors and family who are also on the spectrum. But, you know, what the biggest thing is the wandering or eloping. And when they, um, you know, when they're at home, they install special alarms and locks on their doors so that they know if their child is all of a sudden, you know, leaving the house, you know, whether it's during the day or at night. So that's the one of the biggest problems, especially when traveling. So a family needs to know that that's that home that they're going to stay in is going to be safe and keep their children safe. The other is they just don't have the same fears. So often they may be climbing on all the furniture and it's not that's not typical, you know, necessarily for a child to do just because they don't have mm -hmm. the same fears that a lot of children do. You know, and the other difficulty is, you know, even playing outside. Is there a yard that's safe? You know, is it fenced in or not? And is it, you know, going to be able to, again, keep their children from wondering? Because as much as parents, you know, try to, you know, be very vigilant, it just unfortunately, you know, can happen like this, that your child does something that you're like, oh my gosh, you know? So, yeah. and then the, the, dietary issues or restrictions that unfortunately a lot of them also have make it difficult to just eat at any restaurant because they're very particular about the foods that they can eat or even or that they will eat. So those are the main things that, you know, I would say they often worry about and, you know, kind of struggle finding the right house. Interesting. And so let's talk about the lock as an example, because I totally understand, you know, every, you know, for those of us who have Yale or Schlage or whatever locks, you know, they are 
very easy to lock and unlock from the inside. What is a good workaround for a host who wants to make sure that their front door is protected? Yeah, so those are still great locks because we all want to make sure that our guests have that access, you know, that we can be a remote host, if you will, or just not always have to worry about, you know, going there and letting them in. That's not practical, you know, in our world today. So there's still great locks. So what it is, is on the inside, you know, to make sure that that child can't escape without somebody knowing is at a minimum, you know, having an extra lock up top where a little one can't necessarily reach it. You know how a lot of the hotel rooms have an extra lock that's not only for, you know, security from the inside to keep people from coming in, but in the case of small children, especially that are autistic, they can't necessarily reach up and unlock, you know, those extra locks. There's also alarms that can easily be installed without even having, you know, like ADT or anything like that. Super easy. And a lot of the families with autistic children are used to them and they don't even have to be on unless that family is staying there that wants to use them. Okay, so talk to us about those alarms. It, are they something that would just alert other people inside the home or do they alert folks from a different location? How does that work? No, the ones that I typically would use or recommend are really just the ones that are going to make a nice loud noise, but there are different settings also depending on which ones, because there are a few different types, but they're going to alert the people that are in the home, you know, that there's an issue. This isn't connected, you know, with the police or anything like that, because that can be difficult to, you know, when you're traveling and you may have turned it on or not. And, you know, how do right. you even know they can't reach, you know, and you don't want somebody showing up at your house all the time. So, so no, it is for inside the home, super loud. Anyone that's inside the home can hear, especially the parents or caregivers that are there with the children. Okay. Now I'm going to ask what might sound like totally naive questions, but again, this is something that's new to my sphere. So I want to try to educate as many of us as possible Talk to us about sliding glass doors, like back patio doors. What can we do to protect families from having their kiddos slip out in the back? Yeah, you can actually use the same alarm on the back too. There's just different ways that you, you know, install it because it's like a contact alarm, if you will. So if, if the contact is no longer there with the two sides, it will alarm, you know, it will start to go off. So that's one thing. There's several other types of ways to obviously put certain types of locks or guards almost, if you will, for the children. But those same locks that you would put on the front door can also go on the patio doors. I have it myself in my Spectrum Friendly Vacation Rental. That's amazing. And are there any uh, risks or concerns with stairs. So, uh, you know, I'm thinking about my own properties. Totally. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yes. you know, basement stairs or anything like that, should we be thinking about making it safe in that perspective? Yeah. So that's one of the things that, you know, you can have extra alarms. And if the, you know, if there is that situation, you want to make sure that they don't go down there. You can do that. You can also make sure that there's baby gates 
you know, that you could also, you know, especially if you're a pet friendly one, you might have one, you know, for people to use for pets. But a baby gate is also great, not only for babies, but also for children that are autistic. You know, it might not necessarily help those that may be in their teen years, but it can definitely help, you know, the young ones. And I wouldn't necessarily be as worried about the teen you know, autistic children going down stairs or something like that, but the little ones definitely, but baby gates are a great way to help with that. But you can also have those same alarms on windows and interior doors as well. Is it very common that an autistic child would try to get out through a window or is it typically through doors? I actually would not be able to tell you for sure. I would say typically though, it's going to be doors. I don't know how many children slip out through windows. I think it depends on the window, you know, to be honest, mm -hmm. you know, I know some windows are super easy to open, you know, and slide up. Whereas others in some rentals, oh my gosh, they're so heavy and nobody, you know, not even the owner can barely lift them, you know? So it really depends. Again, right. the same alarms can be installed on windows if that's a concern as well. Okay. It would be for me, I, you know, my preference is to be more safe than sorry. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Talk to me about other safety concerns for families traveling with autistic uh, children. Is there anything? Thing we should be thinking about in our kitchens or our bathrooms? What are some other areas that we should be focusing on? Yeah, the kitchen is definitely one. You know, a lot of times I see conversations and talk to people that they're storing their cleaning supplies under the sink. And I'm like, please don't store cleaning supplies or chemicals under the kitchen sink where, you know, children can get to them. If you do, can you please put a child lock, you know, on that door so they can't get to them, autistic or not, you know, I'm just mm -hmm. like, please don't sure. do it. Please, you know, sure. have them up high so the kids can't reach them. There's also yeah. oven, there's actually oven door locks that you can put on. They're discreet. If you don't even know that they're there, you might even be like, oh, what is this? But there's oven locks. There's also knobs, you know, that covers so that children can't play with those, which are also great, especially with a gas stove. And some of the new stoves, you know, have those knobs right in the front. Yeah. You know, again, not even just specific to autistic children, but any children. So, yeah. you know, if we want to make our spaces child safe and family friendly and spectrum friendly for the autistic, you know, children in the families. Those are all little things that you can and should do in your kitchens to make sure. them safe. Yes. Sure. And I'm also curious about colors and triggers because I have heard other people talk about there are certain things that can trigger an autistic child to become upset or agitated. Talk yeah. to us a little bit about that and how we should be thinking about that in our homes. Yeah, you are so right. And that's one of the things, just one of the things that we cover in the spectrum friendly training that I offer as well is talking about the colors that are soothing, you know, to children that have autism and the co colors that are triggering. Cause there's definitely ones that trigger red, especially is a trigger color. You know, hmm. so homes that have like this dark or bright red room or walls, unfortunately, it's not going to make an autistic child feel comfortable there. It, it can definitely trigger some, you know, reactions in their brain. 
unfortunately, and they are not necessarily going to have a nice calm vacation Mm -hmm. that you might have in those homes that have the more calming colors, you know, even just the neutral palettes are fam, you know, fantastic, but also light pinks and blues are great, you know, for those as well. Okay. Are there any additional accessories or products that are helpful to include in our homes when we are looking to be spectrum friendly? There are, yes. I have a whole recommended resource list, if you will, of all the different things. You know, there's even just thinking so much as the type of decor and breakable or non-breakable, you know, there's so many fabulous decor items these days you can get that look, you know, expensive. They look like glass, they look ceramic, and they're not. They're more child-friendly, you know, for people who just don't have that same fear. The furniture anchors to make sure everything is anchored to the walls because they may climb things, you know, a little more often than other people or children are going to do. But there's always also the additional comfort items that are great for children and even others, like weighted blankets are fabulous, you know, for families with autistic children and fidget toys. And there's the list can go on and on. But yes, there's a lot of things that somebody if somebody wanted to make their home like truly comfortable for families with autistic children. There are so many different things that they can do to kind of like help not only to help, but also to create that niche for themselves and their vacation rental. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. This podcast is brought to you in part by InHaven. You know, it seems obvious, but it's true. Guests feel more comfortable and are more likely to recommend your property when they feel like they're well taken care of. InHaven is your one-stop shop for hosting essentials like hypoallergenic sheets, Lux towels, durable kitchenware, and oh, my friends, do they have all the decorative accents. And all of InHaven's products will make your property feel like it's a true getaway for anyone that stays. Now, InHaven also makes shopping for your rental so much fun because it's so easy and way more affordable than driving all over town. Plus, sign up is free for all short-term rental hosts. And to say thank you for listening to my podcast, you can now get $50 off your first order. All you have to do is go to inhaven.com backslash sister, start shopping, and enter the code sister at checkout to snag your 50 bucks off. All right. Thanks so much for listening. And now let's get back into the podcast. I'm curious if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, hey, I really want to do this in my home. I want to make my home friendly for, you know, families who have children on the spectrum. You know, obviously, I'm sure it depends on the size of the home, but what would someone designate as a ballpark budget for making their home spectrum friendly? Sure. So in a typical, let's let's say, maybe not typical, but in a three-bedroom, two-bath home, you can purchase the necessary items that are needed and even a few additional things for, you know, more comfort for less than $500. And you can also usually get it all done in an afternoon. So technically between turnovers. You know, if you had wow. somebody cleaning and then you were, you know, installing the different things and changing things out, now that can a little bit depend on, 
your decor, how easy it is to install, you know, furniture, anchors if you don't have them already. So yeah, it, it can be done quickly and it can also be done for not that much money to purchase the items. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> and I'll give you the list of everything to buy and have the links. No, that's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. And so talking about that list, talk to us a little bit about the training that you offer for folks. And I'm I'm going to assume that that list comes with the training, but tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, the course or the list definitely comes with the training. So the training is all about, for one, bringing awareness to the issues, you know, teaching you a little bit about autism and about the difficulties that these families have with traveling and finding safe spaces. We talk about lighting, we talk about colors, we talk about, you know, the different safety features, especially safety. And then, you know, as part of the training, we really want to then, you know, help you to implement all of those things in your home. And we'll chat with you. I'll meet with you. What does it actually take? You know, let's look at this one-on-one. -on -one. And then once they make their properties spectrum friendly, we can also, you know, get them on our list that they're spectrum friendly. We can also give you a badge that you can put on your direct booking website to really make that stand out that people know, yes, my property is now spectrum friendly for those that want to travel and stay with you. And that list, of course. And we also have created like meet social media. We've created social media posts that you can use. We've created, you know, postings that you can put in your rental, all of those things, because we definitely want to help you with that. You know, I, I think that this is such, again, a really neat idea because I think, you know, if I had a child that was on the spectrum and I knew that a an example, they may have a tendency to wander or slip out the front door. Having a resource for me to go to, to find, you know, properties that I could vacation in and still feel comfortable enjoying with my family would be really, really helpful. And so is that also a service that you offer? Yes, yeah, so we are starting to. So now I just launched this training two months ago at this point. So it was launched in April, partly because April is Autism Awareness Month. So I was kind of holding off a little bit, but I definitely, and so we started offering that then. And we've been growing that. We have just a couple properties so far that are on the website that people can find. And then as I talk to families as they're traveling, then it's like, you know, I, I also have helped them find ones. They're not technically, you know, spectrum certified or anything like that yet. But, you know, growing that list over the next few years is our goal so that those families can definitely have some great options uh, for that as well. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to hear, you know, about another child who slipped out while they were staying at a vacation rental, you know, and it didn't end well. I just don't want to hear about that again. So yeah. if I can, anything I can do to kind of help spread this word and help people get their properties set up is that's what I want to do. Yeah. I love that. Is there anything else that you feel like it would be important for the general public I say the general public. I mean the general public in the world of short-term rentals. Um, yeah. <laughs> is there anything else that you feel like would be important or helpful for us to know about hosting families that have children on the spectrum? Let me try to narrow it down. <laughs> um, so I think the biggest thing 
is that a lot of the families with autistic children, they just don't travel very much because they just don't feel like they can find a safe spot because, you know, they comb through our vacation rental listings, looking at the pictures, looking at all those fine details. So then if somebody reaches out, so if you're a vacation rental owner and you have a family reach out with maybe some additional questions, don't take them the wrong way. And don't be like, you know, I don't want to host them because they're asking, you know, if there's breakables They're asking if they can move things. Because that was one of the big things I was talking to a beautiful woman recently who they were planning their first family vacation in the last five years. And they wow. looked so hard to find a place that they could stay at. But she said the very first thing that she wanted to do, and she reached out to the owner, she wanted to be able to walk in first before the rest of the family did and before the children did and take anything that was possibly breakable or within reach of her child and be able to store it somewhere safe. So they're not necessarily moving things just because they don't like it or they want to change your decor. They want to keep it safe so that nothing happens to it. So that's the thing is like have, I guess, open our minds to compassion, you know, and trying to look at things from the other side or from the traveler's side, because mm -hmm. don't make assumptions as far as why somebody, you know, maybe moved something or, oh, it's not where it was before, you know, because a lot of times we go in, it's like, well, that's not how I decorated it. You know, it's like open our minds a little more to what the possible reasons behind it could have been. So cool. I, I, I would have never known, never known. And in fact, I actually have in my welcome instructions, please don't move the furniture, right? right. And now I'm right. rethinking that, you know, and I'm, I, again, as I'm having this conversation, I'm thinking through all of my properties thinking, gosh, I probably, you know, I've got the extra latch on my condos at the beach, but there's no reason why I couldn't add that, that latch in my farmhouse in Hawking Hills, you know, but I, it does make me think about this in a whole new light. So I just, again, I want to applaud you for what you are doing. I think this education is so incredibly important. You are safe. You are saving lives. You know, I know when we originally had a conversation, you had mentioned about reading about a, a family whose child slipped out and it ended horribly for them. And, you know, I just yeah. feel like what you're doing is, is so wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. And just one more thing with the whole, like moving furniture, it's hard sometimes too, for the children who have autism to sleep well, and they, you know, they have certain setups in their beds or bedrooms partly to keep them, you know, from getting out of bed. So again, if somebody like even just pushes the wall to, or the bed to the wall, so that, you know, it makes it a little bit more difficult, or if they need to set something up beside the bed because the child doesn't actually sleep in the bed, it's okay. And they want to take care of your items. They want to be able to just put it right back as if you never knew, but right. don't be, you know, like upset if that happens. Right, right. Amazing. Amazing. Okay, Suzanne, I yeah. would love to move to what I call the lightning round. And I'm going to ask you a series of fun questions. And I'm just simply going to ask that you answer with the very first thing that comes okay. to mind. First question is, where is your favorite place to vacation? Ha. 
well, I live in Florida and I love Florida and had been vacationing here forever till I moved here. But my favorite place would probably be the Great Smoky Mountain National Park area. Isn't it beautiful? It is. It, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty gorgeous. Pretty gorgeous. Yeah. Okay. What's one place you've never been that you want to visit? Hawaii is on my bucket list. <laughs> Girl, you have got to get there. Um, I do. I have been there three times and we actually went for our honeymoon next year. 2024 is our 30th anniversary. So I think we're going to take an anniversary trip to Hawaii and I'm excited to actually explore some new islands because (laughs) although I've been three times, I've only ever been to Oahu and Maui. So I feel like I need to spread my wings a little bit. Love it. Okay, what's one thing you know now that you wished you knew when you were starting out in this world? I wished I would have known more about remote hosting, you know, because I sold the properties that I had in Wisconsin, partly because I didn't know how easy you could do it from far away. And I moved to Florida and I had to start all over again. Well, why didn't I just keep those properties there? I don't know. (laughs) So that's the one. I have a big regret in selling some of those properties, you know, so it's all good though in the long run, you know. It's all good. And hey, there's nothing stopping you from buying another property in Wisconsin, right? (laughs) That's right. If I wanted to, I could definitely figure out a way to do that. (laughs) There you go. All right. What is the best piece of advice? you've ever been given? Oh, advice that I've been given. Probably the best piece of advice that I've been given is to get my own business coach because, you know, I had started my own, you know, like coaching business, trying to help others. And it really wasn't until I got my own business coach that that business of mine truly, you know, took off. And the advice that she gives me every time we talk is priceless. It's funny, you know, I feel exactly the same way. I feel like sometimes I sound like a broken record and, you know, I have my own coaching program. So I never ever want to sound self-serving when, when I say what I'm about to say. Okay. But so often I see people in our industry that are starting off a business. Okay. If you have a short-term rental and are operating a short-term rental, you have a business. Okay. If you are relying on YouTube or reading two books to launch this business, it's, I don't have a crystal ball, but I really wholeheartedly believe you are not going to have the success that you are looking for because there, as you well know, there are certain situations, number one, that formalized education and training are so important to help you with. There are certain situations that come up in your day-to-day that you need resources around you to call on and say, hey, I need help. So I, Suzanne, I couldn't agree more how incredibly important it is to have a coach, whether you are starting out, you know, a consulting business or a short-term rental business or a photography business. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's really important to find people who you resonate with and who resonate with you and learn from their experience and their education. So how did you find your business coach? 
Well, you know, I would add, to add to that, if I wouldn't have been in banking and an executive in banking for 25 years, I wouldn't know about lending and financing properties and marketing, you know, and training others and coaching others. But I have that 25 years of background in there that I'm able to apply to this. How did I find my business coach? I actually met my business coach at a women's conference. It's now six years ago. And I followed her online for five years. <laughs> And then I was like, hold up here. She's doing what I'm trying to do. Why wouldn't I hire someone or work with somebody who's already figured all this out? That was what my brain said. Yeah. So I sent her a message. I'm like, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but we had a good chat five years ago. And I've been following you ever yeah. since, you know? So that's how I found mine was actually at a conference. Amazing. And I think that's so great because, again, when I think about when I've invested a lot in education and coaching. And I'm all about, for me personally in my business, you know, surrounding myself with people who have been there, done that to where I want to go. Right. But for me, I have found that by investing in having a coach, I've been able to fast track my own success right. because of the fact that I can lean on them. So sure. that's amazing. Yeah. I love that you, yeah. you met yours at a conference. <laughs> yes. And a woman's conference. So cool. <laughs> that's right. A women's conference. No less. What? Right. right. Oh my goodness. All right. Last question. What's one thing and or person that you're grateful for today? Oh, first person, this is lightning is my dad. My dad and the example that he set for me growing up, my dad, when I was growing up, was a Baptist pastor. And the example that he set for me during especially my early childhood, and then also a few years ago when I was doing a complete remodel of an 1877 farmhouse, he taught me even more about construction because he'd always been in the lumber business while he was being a pastor as well. So he taught me a lot through life. And then also even recently in that time that I was able to spend with him, you know, was fantastic doing that as well. That's amazing. And let's face it, there are always times during a renovation when we need some good <laughs> solid prayer too. Okay. That's for sure. Yes. Especially when it's a 1877 three-story farmhouse that you don't know what you're going to uncover, you know, but I would do it all over again. I loved oh every second. God. Yeah. So, fun. Yeah. so Suzanne, if folks are listening and they want to get plugged into information about you or some of the services that you offer, what is the best place for them to find you online? I'd say two places. If they want to learn all about Spectrum Friendly Vacations and they want to sign up for training, get that under their belt and start making their property Spectrum Friendly, it's just Spectrum www.spectrumfriendlyvacations.com. If they want to just learn more about me and get connected to both the training and coaching, all that, you can just go to suzannehacker.com. S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-H-A-C-K-E-R. So those are the two best places. Yay. I love thank it. You. Thank you so much for being with us today. No, thank you. It was fabulous. I appreciate it. Now, before you go, I want to give a quick shout out to a few amazing ladies inside the Female Short-Term Rental Investors Facebook group. Just a few days ago, Lena Tanija posted pros and cons for a leather or cloth couch for a dog-friendly 
house. And Sarah Pelton replied, furniture expert here. If you get leather, make sure it's protected. Some leather isn't and is very prone to stains and scratches. And Lena replied, thank you for the info. When you say protected, what do you mean exactly? What should I be asking the salesperson? And Sarah replied, just ask if the leather is protected and they should know. It's a coating put on top of the hide to make it more durable. Some frames have it and others don't. Who knew? Amazing information, Sarah. Thank you so much. And Lena, thank you for posting the question. All right, that is all for this week. I hope you have a wonderful week and I cannot wait to see you here next Tuesday or whatever day you're listening to this. All right, make it a good one. Okay, sister, are you ready to start making your short-term rental dreams a reality but feeling lost, stuck, or just overwhelmed? Here's what I know for sure. You deserve everything you're dreaming of and you deserve to get it with ease, support, and joy. So here's what I'd like you to do. Go to stacystjohn.com slash strwebinar and watch my free masterclass where you will get the scoop on how to leave your W-2 and start building your dream life with five simple steps. If you're ready to have more time to spend with friends and family doing the things you love, adding a ton of zeros to your bank balance and start living your short-term rental dream, you need to watch this masterclass. Head over to stacystjohn.com slash strwebinar right now to start watching. That's stacystjohn.com slash strwebinar and I will see you there.